Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Enigmatic Thoughts Podcast. I'm your host, Excellence, and I'm so glad you're here. Before we do hop in, I just want to provide a trigger warning. We will be discussing unaliving today. So if you're going through active suicidal ideation or anything that may trigger you, I kindly ask that you skip over this episode until you're in a space to receive. Now, hopping in, um, I just want to say I did miss you guys. I had to take some time off to deal with, of course, my mental health, but I know you guys understand. Um, Within that time, I battled a lot of different hurdles. And of course, I'm here to share and shed light to help you on your journey. So... First things first, if you listened to last week's episode, you know I've been struggling with my insurance. Nothing has really changed. Um, Yes, I was able to get my insurance to approve my prescription for Latuda after a month. And I'm in the process of restarting that medication, which I haven't experienced really any side effects other than drowsiness. But restarting medications is just so annoying. But I'll take that annoyance over not having it at all. It's like, I'm going to look at the glasses half full instead of half empty here. But anywho, um, got the, got the insurance handled. Um, so it's like, yay, okay, the wheels are rolling. Mm, skirt! <laughs> not so much. Because this week, I ended up encountering another insurance hurdle with my Stratera script, also known as Atomoxetine. And this is an ADHD medication, something that I've been fighting for probably eight months, maybe more, for a doctor to validate my concerns um, about needing an ADHD medication to truly focus and to truly like get shit done. It's so hard having ADHD. And I know everyone makes it seem like, oh, just download this app. Oh, just just take this herb. By the way, I'm very much into holistic healing. It does not change my neurodivergence. Um, but I need a damn medication. My brain, it's, it's not clicking, Stephen. It's just not clicking. So finally got my new primary care physician to write me a script. And lo and behold, of course, my insurance wants to give me a hard-ass time. First, they said that my prescriber wrote it um, incorrectly, which to me, I felt like the directions were very easy. She wanted me to start at sev- at 40 milligrams per day for seven days and then go up to 80, which is the, um, what do they call it? The, well, 80 milligrams is the dose that you would ideally be at for it to start working and whatnot, as opposed to the 40 milligrams where it's just building it up in my system. Um, But then she wanted me to hop up to the 80 milligrams afterwards. They didn't like that, so they made her write two separate scripts. I'm like, okay, cool. She gets it back to them in the day. By the way, my new PCP is a badass bitch. Um, She gets the job done, and I love that for me. Um, rewrote the scripts, got it over to the pharmacy. Hurdle number two. They then tell me that they need a diagnosis code on the prescriptions and potentially a prior authorization, prior authorization, excuse me. Now, I've been a pharmacy tech. I know how these things work. So I get mad, but not super mad. The only thing that was confusing for me 
was the pharmacy tech saying one or the other. When you have these codes that pop up in the computer for um, a medication being denied, it tells you exactly what they need. It doesn't say one or the other. It tells you what they need. So, of course, I had to reach out to my provider, explain this to them. They sent it over again. They sent it back. It's still wrong. Had to call my insurance, have my insurance call my provider, have my provider and my insurance call CVS. And now I'm just hoping and praying that some way, somehow it gets through. And I think that the most unsettling part of this is that um, I had gone to my pharmacy, well, my pharmacy at the time, uh, I'll get into that in a second. Um, I went to my pharmacy at the time to pick up all of my medications at once. Um, I have a lot of anxiety and I try to keep my trips outside very minimal or at least on a very strict schedule of where I know what I'm doing. I know the amount of time I want to do it in. I want to get in and out and I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. That's it. So I do that. And when things get, when I get a monkey wrench thrown in that plan, instant anger, instant rage, instant beat a bitch up. Yep. So that's what happened at my pharmacy. I went there and they were basically explaining to me everything that I had already known over the phone. Um, <laughs> but this time it was face to face. And the only issue that I had with it was the tech being somewhat condescending, which is something that I have personally witnessed as a pharmacy tech. And it's something that I've always strived not to be. It's very rude to, um, talk almost talk down to people who are already battling enough with their mind so she was like well if the I, was, I basically asked her even though I kind of knew the answer um I said so I'm not allowed to pick up my prescription unless my insurance approves it at that point I was asking like out of general curiosity because in the pharmacy that I worked in if the insurance didn't approve it you just couldn't pick it up but in CVS, they said that the woman basically said, um, if your insurance doesn't approve it, you would just pay out of pocket. And then she started to read off the price. And I'm just like, hey, hey, yo, <laughs> hey, yo, I'm not paying out of pocket. And she like kind of like kept trying to reiterate to me just to pay out of pocket. You you this is this is when I get active, y'all. Bitch, I ain't paying out of pocket. I'm asking for clarification on the insurance so I can get my insurance to cover it. I have insurance. They're going to pay for the shit. Then, you know, she won't get a little spicy with me. So that's when my hands went across that damn desk. And no, I do not encourage violence. It can get you arrested. It didn't get me arrested. It just got me a ban from the pharmacy. Not my finest moment, but I was already pissed. And it's like, why are you poking the bear? Do you want to get your ass beat? Do you see, have you, I'm sure you have gone through my little file to find that atomoxetine script and you see the loopy people medicine that I'm on. I say that as a joke, y'all not stigmatizing, but you see the medications I'm on. So, you know, I'm a little off in the head. Why try me? And I feel that way about a lot of prescribers that I've been dealing with this week. Why? Just why? But Long story short, I'm still waiting to see if my insurance approves my script for atomoxetine to see if maybe this medication for ADHD will give me a new way of life and allow me to excel in ways that I've never been able to. Like, I really want to see if that will help. So I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that that works out.
So aside from that, I also had to change therapy teams. If you remember, um, I feel like I might have mentioned this in a previous episode, but I'm not sure. But once again, due to insurance issues with my provider, I was let go from my current mental health team. Well, actually, I wasn't quite let go. First, my therapist was let go from the practice, so he no longer works there because the insurance refused to pay him. Um, whatever company insurance they have refused to pay him for, because of the type of licensure that they had. Um, and then, out of nowhere, I had been with my provider since September of 2021. Come December 2021, suddenly my appointments started getting denied by my insurance. When I spoke to my insurance, they told me that it has to do with their contract. And if my practice didn't renew the contract with them, then they aren't insured by them. My insurance provide my um psychiatrist decided to blame it on my insurance. Respectfully, I'm not the biggest fan of insurance companies, but the standards are very cut and dry. And I've been um, dealing with insurance in the medical field long enough to know how insurance works. It's very simple. It is 1000% my doctor's fault why I can't go there. And it's 1000% my doctor's fault why their contract expired and why um, my insurance no longer accepted them. It was the, like even the denial letters that I got from my insurance, it was very clearly stated that they didn't that my doctor's practice didn't have the prior authorization um the proper prior authorization information to get me approved for the um for my visits to be covered thankfully those bills don't come to me um they just kind of have to eat that it doesn't fall back on me because of them but that does mean going forward i can't schedule any more appointments and get this now the previous practice that I was in, the only thing they're doing is marijuana um, cards. Ain't that some shit. So I guess I get a little bit of solace in knowing that I'm not the only patient of theirs that was probably like, what the fuck? But at the same time, it's sad because your own negligence basically got a bunch of mental health patients dropped out of nowhere to the point where we all have to start over and we all have to find a mental health team. And... It's not that easy. They should know that. To get into this facility, I waited three months on a waiting list. So for them to abruptly tell me, hey, I don't have your therapist no more. And they told me this the day of my, the day before my appointment, that he was no longer with them. Ain't that on a Sunday, the day after Christmas. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, anyways, um, to just basically, you know what I feel like? I feel like, um what was that movie ATL when TI snatched Nunu chain that's how I felt I had a whole therapy team moving along medication management therapist every week psychiatry every month and they just ripped that shit away from me because of their own negligence and to add insult to injury they were just like we could see you if you pay out of pocket same thing my pharmacy my former pharmacy did now you dumb ass cunts if I could pay out of pocket, don't you think I would? It's insane to me how you're literally losing your shit. And the only thing a lot of these places can say is, well, if you have the money, I can help you. The way the United States, the way private practices, the way pharmacies place 
monetary funds over someone living is disgusting. Disgusting is an understatement. And it is the leading, leading cause of why so many people are dropping like flies. And it's the last thing I want to see. But I can understand where their headspace is, where they just don't want to fight anymore. I completely can understand. I, I've been there. I've been there just as early as last week. It's not a fun time. So I had to go through this process of finding new therapists. And they assured me that they were going to help me. Oh, we're going to write you a referral. We're going to give you a list of doctors. Guys, I had to email a total of four times to get the list of providers. And I never got the referral out. So on many accords, I felt like completely lied to and I felt abandoned. And as a person with um, CPTSD, lots of childhood trauma, um, getting abandoned by your own mental health team is a different type of hurt. Because it's like, wow, I finally was strong enough to reach out to you guys for help and you guys fucking failed me too. Thanks for nothing. Um, so... They told me they were going to give me a referral, a list. I asked four times. It never happened. Yesterday, I finally got the email um, with this air quote referral and these air quote other options of providers. Guys, I clicked the link. I scrolled down the website. When I tell you about 85% of that list flat out said in letters, don't accept insurance. We don't accept insurance. We don't accept insurance. We don't accept insurance. What the fuck was the point in sending me that? If I can't see you guys with my current insurance, why the fuck are you sending me providers who don't even accept insurance? After telling me that here's a list of providers that may accept your insurance. So you're just blowing smoke up my ass now. And I'm about to come up there and blow smoke. Okay. Not going to go there. But it was like complete bullshit. And the referral that they gave me, complete it wasn't a referral it was complete bullshit as well so thankfully I have gone through this before I went through um finding a medical team as early as January of 2021 so I knew where to start I knew that I was looking for a therapist for talk therapy and I knew that I was looking for a psychiatrist for medication management and diagnoses that's the difference between the two if you don't know Therapists do not prescribe medication. I want you to know that. So if you're looking for a doctor for medication, if you're looking for a doctor for diagnoses, you're, you're not looking for a therapist, you're looking for a psychiatrist. And if you want medication, you can also go to your primary care provider. They can write scripts. It's, I feel like it's a little bit more limited because their, their study is not mental health, but they can legally write you a prescription if they deem so. That's how I got my ADHD medication. Well, trying to get my ADHD medication, my ADHD medication if my insurance approves it, but I got that through my primary care provider, not my psychiatrist, since I don't have one. <laughs> Love that. Um, so that's the difference between the two. So I started my hunt by myself. I had already spoke to my primary care physician who gave me a list of providers who also gave me a referral the same day. Bless her heart. Bless her soul. Um, and also gave me a website where I could look up providers myself. The website that I went on for this is called psychologytoday.com. You can look up therapists. 
telemedicine doctors and psychiatrists and you actually enter in your insurance so it filters through who accepts you now it's not completely foolproof because some of the people that i did end up calling off the list for psychiatry didn't accept my insurance because here's the thing i have united healthcare but my united healthcare is through medicaid so if an insurance provider doesn't accept community plans even if i have united healthcare they won't accept me gone through that been there done that know all about it it doesn't bother me when i come across it because i'm used to it but I want to make sure you know this if you are on Medicaid, that oftentimes that is the difference between someone accepting your insurance and not accepting your insurance. So, ran through the list. I found a therapist, literally the first call I made, by the grace of God. Um, her name is Nina. <laughs> For some reason, when I saw her photo, like her smile was just so warm and inviting. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to call her. Um, and she was so fair tone. I actually didn't know she was black, but when she picked up, when she picked up that phone, y'all, I was speaking to a sister. Yes, bitch, a sister. So she was like, um, so how did you find me, um, on blackgirlstherapy.com or, and I told her, no, I found you on psychology today. And she's like, well, I'm going to tell you, um, I do accept community plans. Oh, when I tell you it was like the, the, the halo song when the, when the heavens, when the gates to heaven open, it was that sound. Oh my God. And then she was like, I can see you Wednesday. Um, blah, blah, blah. Send me date of birth, name, fill out this form. Ah, ah, ah. You're locked in. See you Wednesday. Boom, bang, boom. Checked off. I never thought in a million years that I would have found a therapist that easily. Um, it has never happened for me like that before. I've always been on a waiting list for at least anywhere from one month to six. So I was utterly blown away. Um, and thankful above all because I've been going through hell trying to find um, a new medical team, a new mental health team after mine just basically abandoned me. So I have a new therapist and she's black and she's a woman and I cannot wait to have my experiences affirmed by someone who more than likely has experienced them too. It's, it's a different type of connection. So I will say this, if you can, oh, that's another thing on psychology.com. Uh, excuse me, on psychologytoday.com, you can select the ethnicity um, of your provider as well. <laughs> I'm not going to say um, white therapists don't get it, but in a lot of ways, they don't get it. So if you can try to find someone that is in your demographic, go for it. By all means, let that be your starting point. In some cases, you may have to settle. I definitely did for months. But um, I was still getting adequate care, so I wouldn't call it settling. I just knew that I wanted more, and I ended up getting more. So be patient above all. It's not easy. That's way easier said than done. But, but be patient in this process, as patient as you can be. And trust that a lot of the failures that you go through and a lot of the closed doors that you go through on these journeys are leading you to that one door that's open just for you. Remember that. In terms of me finding a psychologist, psychiatrist, that is a different hurdle. Currently, I'm on one waiting list for two months, and I'm on a different waiting list for six months. I do suggest that if you're looking for a psychiatry team, that when you find ones that accept your insurance, you reach out to multiple, and you schedule multiple appointments, because you'll be on multiple waiting lists. Um, I, consider, I call it the waiting game, so whoever gets back to me first is who I go with. 
but never in a million years do I ever just rely on one waiting list or one facility to call me back. Um, I don't want to say you're setting yourself up for failure, but you may be setting yourself up for disappointment. Because if anything happens or anything changes, you can get booted off of their waiting list. Or um, if they go through anything like my incompetent previous providers did where they don't renew their contracts with insurance companies, um, they might not be able to accept you. So it never hurts to have a plan B. When it comes to mental health, you should have a plan B, C, D, E, F, all the way to Z. Have some plans. You should. You just have to. So I'm on a waiting list for a psychiatrist, but aside from that, I do have a referral from my doctor, so I'm waiting for that to come back. So I I have all my bases covered in terms of psychiatry. It's just, as I just said, the waiting game of seeing who calls me back off the waiting list first. But in the meantime, for my medication management, it's all being managed by my current primary care physician. I do want to say that if you can't find a psychiatrist, your primary care physician, emphasis on primary care. Your primary care physician oversees everything. They have access to your mental health records. They have access to your regular health records. They have access to dental records. They, they see it all. This is your primary care physician. So their goal is to keep all of your primary care intact. If you do not have a psychiatrist, your next line of action is to speak to your primary care provider. That can be about any concerns that you have about, I explained to her that I think I'm, I'm struggling with my ADHD. I explained to her that I believe I have bipolar depression. We went through, we did questionnaires, everything. I spent an hour and a half in that office with her. I've never spent that long with a, um, with a doctor, and I'm so thankful that she allowed that time. Mind you, for this primary care physician, I was on a waiting list for three months as well. Primary care physicians are not usually that hard to get, in my opinion, but I have to keep in mind that we are going still in the midst of a pandemic and their slots are definitely surging. So keep in mind that getting a PCP may take some time too, but they work for your best interest as well. So definitely you should have one. And if you don't, babe, get one. So, love my primary care physician. She's completely taken over my medication management for the time being while I get into a new psychiatry team. So, I have my therapist, I have my psychiatrist, I have my primary care physician, and I have a waiting list for a psychiatrist. So, for what it's worth, I do have my bases covered. And I want you to keep in mind, really listen to what the steps I've gone through to really make sure that I'm at least covered in those aspects so I don't completely lose my marbles. And I want you to mirror that action if you're going through anything of the sort. Now, I do want to say the biggest struggle with this and something that you'll come across and something that will hurt your feelings very often is realizing that a lot of providers put money over health and in my personal opinion, the second you put funds over mental health, you're in the wrong profession. And sadly, that is something that I encountered with my previous mental health team. And the combination of not knowing where you're going to get your medications, um, not knowing who your next therapist is going to be, that combination can really make someone want to unalive. 
And have if I hadn't had the knowledge that I had from January 2021, I'm not going to lie, I probably would have attempted um, because it was just so overwhelming. And that's a motivating cause of me wanting to share this information because I know for a fact I'm not the only one going through it. And the same way all of these websites confuse the living fuck out of me in terms of where to start is something that I want to eliminate for you guys. So through sharing my experiences, through providing many, many guides and links on my website, celestialenigma.com, I want to help lead you down the path of healing. I got my flashlight on. I'm walking. I'm looking. And y'all are right behind me. I, I, feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm the Harriet Tubman of mental health right now, y'all. I'm just leading the way. Come on, y'all. <laughs> But on a serious note, um, I just want to keep everyone here, including myself. And in going through all of that, it's very, very hard to remain present. But I keep in mind that I have a community. I want you to keep that in mind, too. And I'm loved. I want you to keep that in mind, too. And that I'm not alone. I want you to keep that in mind, too. And in knowing that, I'm able to stay here. Sadly, that's not always the case for everyone. Um, I am gradually nearing the anniversary of my own soul sister taking her own life March 1st of 2021. Um, because she just deemed that she couldn't fight anymore. And although I miss her dearly, I, un- I miss her dearly, I understand why she left. Um, and just this week, we lost another, another mental health, excuse me, Lord, excuse me, God, I'm stuttering like a mofo because this is just a difficult subject, a difficult part of the discussion. Um, we lost another mental health warrior, Regina King's son, to be exact. Um, he took his own life just a week after her birthday and two days after his own. And as a person who struggles with their birthday... Um, and it being a time where everyone is just so happy and you should be cherishing life. It's, it's hard for mental health warriors during that time, even harder because in a lot of ways you feel like, wow, I'm older and I feel so much further away from where I want to be. It's a, it, birthdays are a catch 22 for me and for a lot of neurodivergent beings. And I'm so, 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 so sad that Regina King lost her son. Um, And I'm so, so sad that he felt like he had to go, although I do understand his stance. But um, I do want to make a comment on the person who leaked the information as an exclusive. I find them to be absolutely disgusting. They're a blogger named B. Scott. Now, I never go as low as to misgender anyone because that's just disrespectful. But that woe man, that woe man can go to hell. How dare you? 
leak someone's information, su- such intimate information before she gets a chance to say it herself. And that's even if she did want to say it. How dare you? It's so disappointing to me how this world has made money the only way you can get help and how bloggers capitalize on those who don't win their fights. How fucking dare you? I'll never forget the day I found out Jess passed and I literally broke down in my manager's office. Broke down. Like, had to be picked up broken down so could you imagine a mother losing her baby boy and waking up to someone detailing it as an exclusive like he's a car like he's an object how dare you and as disgusting as it is I pray that B. Scott never loses anyone in such a horrific way cause that one man will understand then and it's sad to me that nowadays when it comes to mental health mental illness and loss that people refuse to understand it until they're in our shoes and it shouldn't be that way i've always been a mental health advocate well before i started experiencing my own struggles deep enough for me to seek help i've always been an empathetic person i don't understand why that doesn't really exist in this realm unless they're getting something out of it too but it's disturbing and it's also a motivating factor in this podcast a motivating factor in celestioenigma.com to provide resources to provide support to provide community to those who truly feel like they don't have it and i can tell you most of the most of the mental health community feels like they don't have it And for me personally, I don't want to complain about the issue. I am one of the mental health warriors that has enough strength to provide a solution. And that's what I'm doing. And that's why you're listening to the Enigmatic Thoughts podcast. That's why you're here. You're seeking community and you have found that. I do want to take the time to extend an RIP to Regina King's son one more time because it's such a tragic loss and it's insane to me how blogs posted it one day and forgot about it the next you might as well have said nothing you might as well just let that beautiful beautiful woman who was always looked out for the greater good of the black community let her grieve and let her heal on her own but for you to post something that you're just going to forget about the next day when the next bit of hot tea pops up disgusting And boy, we have to do so much better as a black community. So, so much better. And you know, I oftentimes think about what my purpose of this podcast is. And yes, it is 1000% to make sure that you all understand you are not alone. And that you have a community of people that are just like you. And to keep fighting. But it's also a reminder to myself to keep going. A lot of times you see people like me and you just assume that we have the will to keep going. And I'm not going to lie to you, a lot of days I don't. I wrote 
a journal entry just about a week and a half ago that could easily be deemed as a suicide note, although it was just me expressing my feelings in that very moment. But in these episodes, when I'm able to go back and listen and see how I've grown and how through the thick of it I've kept pushing, I'm able to pull myself out of bed each day and keep living. And I hope you're able to do the same. On that note, I'm signing out. This is your host, Excellence. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Have a good one, guys.